Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you afraid to read the book of Revelation? There's lots of scary stuff in there and it's so confusing. In his message today, Pastor J.D. teaches us that the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ reveals Jesus to us. And reading this book brings a blessing. Let's not let our fear cause us to miss out on God's blessing. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 19th, 2023. I'm hoping, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to explain why it is that what we're seeing in the world today are two sides of the same coin. And more importantly, how it is that we ought to live our lives in light of this. Now, by two sides of the same coin, I mean, while the two sides are opposite each other, they're actually the same. And this because regardless of which side you see, it's still the same coin. And think about this, both opposing sides require each other in order for it to exist. Like with opposite sides of the same coin, you know what? The enemy wants nothing more than to get your minds to wander because he does not want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, his church today. So I'm just going to pause for just a moment and pray if you would please join with me. Father in heaven, we have before us today a word fitly spoken, a prophetic word, and as such we desperately need for the Holy Spirit to first get our attention, and then once you have our attention, Lord, we need you to hold our attention, because we don't want any distraction to take us away from that which you have for us today. So would you do that for us, Lord, please? We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to say the same thing in a different way. You need opposing sides. Otherwise, there's no coin. Each opposite side needs the other side to exist. 
And like with the coin, so too is this true when it comes to the same bird. Please stay with me. You've got the left wing and the right wing, but they're on the same bird. I know this is deeply profound. Am I right? Okay, well, they're on the left. Well, I'm on the right. You're on the same bird. And and you need each other, otherwise that bird ain't going to fly. Because you've got to have the left, and you've got to have the opposing side on the right in order for that bird to exist, and of course fly. I'm not angry, by the way, contrary to what it might sound like. (laughs) Regardless of which side it is, it's still the same bird flying in the same direction, though both are on opposite sides of each other. Simply put, without two opposing sides, again, there's no coin, there's no bird, and to add one more example, there is no game either. And by game I mean you don't have a game, (laughs) you don't have game, but you don't have a game if you don't have two opposing sides. They need each other in order for there to be a game. It's evidenced by this Thrive Time show event dubbed the Great Reawakening versus the Great Reset. We will talk about this more shortly. Why do I mention it now? Because it's the wrong coin. It's the wrong bird. It's the wrong game. It's neither the Great Awakening, nor is it the Great Reset. Rather, it's the Great Tribulation, vis-a-vis a worldwide Great Deception. It's not either or, it's neither. And this is prophesied in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, after the rapture of the church, then subsequently the Antichrist's revelation, which will then commence the seven-year tribulation. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 24. I'll begin reading in verse 21. He says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, speaking of Israel, in the tribulation, the purpose of the tribulation, for the Jews' salvation. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. They 
have to be, otherwise no keyword flesh would survive. This great tribulation, not great awakening, not great reset, no, great tribulation will be the likes of which man has never seen before, nor will man ever see again. Great tribulation. Revelation chapter 7. I want to begin reading in verse 13. Now John is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit what's being revealed to him, revealed revelation. Revelation of what? Revealing what? The person of Jesus Christ. It's the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so in chapter 7, he writes about something that happens. And he says, then, one of the elders answered, saying to me, who were these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones, listen, who came out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, verse 15, they are before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple, and He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. And verse 16 is very interesting they shall neither hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. The implication being that in the great tribulation they were starving to death, they were dying of thirst, and the sun was so hot it was burning and scorching them. This is the great tribulation. So John is told that that's not going to happen anymore. And here's why, verse 17, for the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now it's important to understand that this chapter, this passage is parenthetical. Parenthetical meaning it's a parenthesis. There is a chronological order to the book of Revelation, but we have this parenthetical passage, this parenthesis, this, this is what is happening in the midst of the tribulation. So chapter 1 is past, chapters 2 and 3 are present, and chapter 4 verse 1 on is all yet future. And chapter 4 verse 1 is the rapture when John is told at the sound of the trumpet to come up hither. He's caught up. He's now from the throne in heaven describing the scene, chapters 4 and 5. And then when we hit chapter 6, all the way through to chapter 19, it's all about the seven-year tribulation. And then chapter 20, (laughs) 
the millennium, the 1,000 year reign on earth in its pre-fallen state. Cannot even wrap your mind around that one. And then chapters 21 and 22 are the new heavens and the new earth. So I just kind of wanted to insert that because it's going to come into play here because chapter 8 comes after chapter 7. Deeply profound, I know. You have to understand there were not chapter breaks in the original manuscript, right? So this is a contiguous narrative of sorts where John now is describing parenthetically the scene, those that have come out of the tribulation, suffered greatly in the tribulation, and now they're before the throne. And then we're told what happens next. Listen to this. Revelation 8 verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. This has been affectionately referred to as the heavenly hush. And there's quite a bit of humor surrounding it. And you know me, I'll never miss an opportunity to bring humor into something whenever I can. So such is the case here. Silence in heaven for about a half hour? Hmm. It must mean there's no pastors up there. <laughs> okay, that's, that's as far as I'll take that one. There's actually other, uh, you can revise it however you want. Someone said there's no women up there at that time. I, I didn't say that. I did not say that. Okay, back to our text, verse 2. So we got this silence now for half an hour. That's kind of specific. And John continues, I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then, verse 5, the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. The reason I wanted to start out this way is because these prophecies and the others like them speak to the unspeakable horror that awaits those who go into the great tribulation and those who come out of the great tribulation known as the tribulation saints, not the church. The church is raptured before the tribulation. These are people who come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in the tribulation. 
and many of whom will be beheaded and martyred because of it. And they will be coming out of the great tribulation, having coming, having come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. These are, again, tribulation saints. Different, please make that distinction. I know that there are those who don't delineate between the church and the saints in Revelation chapter 7 and 8. And we do err greatly to not understand. And I'll give you one uh, real quick. Uh, This should seal the deal, no pun intended, because once they are martyred and they come out of the great tribulation, they're sealed. This seals the deal. They're sealed then. That's not the church. We're already sealed prior. Did, did that make sense? I sure hope so, because I don't know if I could do any better than that. That's the distinction. See, we're already sealed by the Holy Spirit as the church prior to the seven-year tribulation. They get saved in the tribulation, then they get sealed. These are tribulation saints. But it is going to be unspeakable horror. So unspeakable is this horror that there's silence in heaven for about a half an hour when it seems that all are just speechless and stunned at the judgments to come. They're watching this angel with this censer and getting this fire from the altar. And then you have the judgments that come subsequent to this. And I believe this heavenly hush is this profound, astounding, unspeakable silence at what is about to come. So much so that the prayers of all the saints along with the angel having a golden censer with incense at the altar and before the throne, ascend before God. Can you imagine? Well, it's hard to imagine, right? Just the awe, the holiness. And by the way, uh, the prayers are being answered. What prayers? The prayers of those saints who suffered unspeakable horror in the tribulation. And now there's this silence because God is going to answer those prayers with His just judgment as He pours out His wrath and judges a Christ-rejecting world. This is serious stuff. Then the angel takes the censer, fills it with fire from the altar, and throws it to the earth, and the result is this loud thunder, lightning, and a great earthquake. And this is all prior to the judgments to come, now that the seals are off and the scroll is opened. Now, question is, 
Where are you going with this? What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of an update like this? If you'll kindly allow me to, I'll share with you the paramount importance of an update like this. First and foremost, it's to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus by way of the revelation, revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. It's a revealing and unveiling apocalypsos in the Greek, which means unveiling, revealing. And sadly, this word has been misused and misunderstood and misinterpreted because we've taken this word apocalypse and we made movies about it. Apocalyptic. No, it means you're revealing. What are you revealing? Oh, a person who? The person of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation. And I think that the enemy has succeeded in large measure to get Christians to stay as far away as they possibly can from the book of Revelation for this reason. And you know what's sad about that? It's the only book in all of the Bible that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, and take it to heart. Well, of course, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal that from us, that blessing. What blessing? The blessing of knowing and we're going to come back to this, knowing, because <laughs> this is the revelation of how it ends. And if you're born again by the Spirit of God, good news, this ends very well for us. I love the book of Revelation. You probably couldn't tell that I love the book of Revelation. Talk about it all the time. But that's the first purpose of an update like this. Uh, we need to get back to Jesus. Because I'm looking at everything, and I don't see Jesus anywhere. Oh, they, they'll say, God. They'll even quote slash misquote Scripture, take grossly out of context. And it, and it sounds like Scripture. It's like what Satan did in the garden. He quotes God's Word, I'll, I'll stop with that, that's enough, I'm spitting anyway, so. But he just tweaks it just a little bit. So I mean, it sounds right, well, hey, they're quoting Scripture. No, they're not. They're misquoting Scripture. And what, what's the deal with couching all of this in terms of God and light, which we're going to talk about? Ah, it's the wrong God, the wrong light. False God, false light. And that's the second purpose of an update like this. It's to warn you, even plead with you. And the Lord knows my heart. When I make this plea, please do not be deceived. Please, I implore you. This is an extremely powerful delusion. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? 
Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.